2: Day podcast
3: with the 62nd pick in the 2020 nfl draft the green bay packers select aj Dillon, running back austin college with the 94th pick in the 2020 nfl draft the green bay packers select josiah deguara tight end cincinnati
2: Welcome back to another episode of a Pack a Day podcast. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, thank you so much for making this part of your day. My name is Nick Schmitz, and I will be your host for today. And it's been about a month since I've been with you all, so it's been going well. We've been in the draft season mode. They've been bringing you. We've been bringing you all this great draft coverage. It's finally here. The draft has come and gone. Packers have new rookies to add to their roster. We've been breaking it down for you. Yesterday you heard all about first-round draft pick Jordan Love. Today we'll be talking about second- and third-round picks here. And joining me today is Owen Reese. Owen, you've been with us in the past a little bit as a contributor, especially with the draft. Welcome back. And um, so let's just kind of get right into it. Uh, not necessarily how Packer fans thought the draft was going to go. Jordan Love was somewhat of a surprise in round one. And after that, you kind of figured, all right, they'll go out, they'll get a wide receiver in the second or third round for Aaron Rodgers. That didn't happen. They took a running back and a tight end, which, again, you know – can be seen as weapons for Aaron, just not necessarily in the manner that we thought they were going to go with. But so let's talk about AJ Dillon to start here, running back out of Boston college, six feet tall, 250 ish pounds. He's a bigger back. Um, What do you, I mean, again, so a lot of this is speculation, but what is Green Bay seeing in A.J. Dillon to have him as a second round pick? I know you and I talked about pre-show that, you know, teams have all sorts of different categorizations of what is, you know, what their board is like and everything. But what is Green Bay looking to do within this second year of Matt LaFleur's offense with A.J. Dillon?
3: Yeah, so I think the biggest thing is you're starting to see the longer that Matt LaFleur will be in town here, the more you're going to start to see the team start to be built to his preferences and, and how he and Brian Gutekunst view the roster and what they want to become. A.J. Dillon is a big back. He's 245 pounds, and the reason that he's so enticing is not only the size, but he ran a four-five-three forty, 340, and he had a 41-inch vertical jump at that size. So incredible athleticism. Uh, very explosive athletic profile for someone like Dylan, who has a, a track record. He was very productive at Boston College. Uh, a lot of uh, saw a stat today uh, that on 44 percent of his runs this season, he ran into a loaded box, um, which is uh, more defenders than blockers in the box. Uh, for reference, people that think that Jonathan Taylor runs into those all the times, Jonathan Taylor was on 20 percent of his carries. Uh, so Dylan's a guy that's put up a lot of numbers despite kind of being at a disadvantage that way at Boston college, their passing game has really struggled and he's been their workhorse. He's been their bell cow. And I think that's something that as Matt Lafleur continues to go in here, it's very clear. I think the Packers want to have a stronger identity of a run first, or at least a very competent running team. You're, you're intending to play deep into the playoffs. You want to play in green Bay in December, in January, uh, what better than a big, bruising, 250-pound tailback uh, to be your your featured back in those instances and, and kind of provide that physical identity uh, and, and mentality to the Packers offense?
2: Yeah, and you know, when the, when the Packers drafted Dylan, I was a little confused. I, I thought they would go with a wide receiver, like I said, and You know, it wasn't something that I think that Packer fans have seen as a need between Jamal Williams and Aaron Mm -hmm. Jones, but a couple of things to keep in mind, and, you know, Owen, maybe you can speak to this a little bit about maybe this was some of Green Bay's mindset. Both Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are going into the last year of their contracts. Obviously, Aaron Jones is the star that's been making plays, but as we've seen as a trend in the NFL – it's not – teams are not really wanting to pay running backs after that initial rookie contract unless it's really team-friendly. So some of it could be that they're maybe not intending to bring Aaron Jones back after the 2020 season. Uh, And even if they do bring him back, maybe they don't bring Jamal Williams back, maybe he fills one of those two roles. The other thing is, too, that – Uh, I feel has kind of been lost in the A.J. Dillon uh, pick is that last year in the sixth round, the Packers drafted Dexter Williams out of Notre Dame. He struggled to even suit up last year for the Packers. And one of the things Green Bay was able to play with two running backs last year because neither of them were really injured – And I I think it was at least something that Matt Lafleur wanted was to have that capable just third back in his rotation, which I don't feel that he ever felt that he had last year. And part of why we never really thought about it was, again, because both Williams and Jones were healthy. So is some of this to do with just filling out that room for Lafleur as something that he likes, and what does it the what does it maybe mean for either Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams as twenty twenty expires moving forward since they'll be out of contracts?
3: Yeah, that was uh, I tweeted about it on Friday night um, during the roller coaster that was uh, the Packers NFL draft and the big initial pushback against the, the A.J. Dillon pick was that, they, well, they already have Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. And you're exactly right. They're both expiring free agents. And I think for the most part, the Packers fan base has seemed to align itself with the the new modern line of thinking or the quote-unquote analytically driven line of thinking that, yeah, well, it's not worth it to pay running backs big contracts because they're replaceable. Uh, and so... I try, I got stuck trying to figure out that Packers fans were telling me that they didn't need A.J. Dillon because they had Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, but neglected to respond to like They recognized the fact that they're both upcoming free agents and Packers fans are very adamant that you shouldn't pay running backs. So I think that if you want to call the Jordan Love pick this as well, I think the first two picks are probably somewhat is some foresight for Green Bay. And you're right that AJ Dillon may very well be the starter in 2021. And while he probably won't be the featured back this upcoming season, if they now that they've got that in place, I think that has a lot to do with it. I also wouldn't rule out Dexter Williams. I think now with another year in the system and, and being uh, more familiar with the offense, being in Green Bay, uh, and he's certainly a guy that they might try to either keep on the roster. Uh, they did expand it to 55. So some positions are going to gain another spot or two. Uh, and then, either try to keep him on the roster or even stash him on a practice squad. And it's very well possible, as we mentioned, that Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams could both be gone. And the Packers could, depend. I mean, theoretically, see A.J. Dillon and, and Dexter Williams as their tailbacks moving forward in 2021.
2: Well, and then the other thing that I was thinking about, and, and I saw this on Twitter from many different people, uh, but, you know... Aaron Jones is the explosive playmaker in the backfield, as we saw from last year. And one of the games that I that I immediately jumped to is something really interesting with Aaron Jones was the Kansas City Chiefs game. He was not necessarily a monster taking handoffs, but catching quick screens, uh, catching passes, you know, as basically as a wide receiver. And so is some of the A.J. Dillon, could some of it just be Hey, now that we have A.J. Dillon in the backfield as a bruiser, you can now move Aaron Jones more around in different formations, have both of them on the field, or even Jamal Williams, and it just gives you that extra option to move your playmaker from a stand behind or next to Aaron Rodgers and hope he can make a play to now you have the flexibility to move that playmaker all over the field before you even snap the ball.
3: Yeah, I think there is a lot of potential there with that. I think Aaron Jones is a skilled uh, football player and a, a dangerous guy that you need to be able to get the ball in his hands to. And obviously, as we've seen with Christian McCaffrey and other running backs, Alvin Kamara, the more uh, diverse ways that you can get the ball into their hands in space, out of different alignments, formations, personnel groups, I think that's important. I don't know if I would say that that was like a primary reason for the Packers selecting A.J. Dillon, but I think it certainly could be a benefit of Um, of that selection, and I think something that uh, Nathaniel Hackett and and Matt LaFleur, I'm sure, are both looking to find ways to get them both on the field at the same time.
2: All right, well, lastly, one thing, and we'll get into this uh, with the third-round pick here as well, but I guess, and correct me if I'm wrong, Owen, I I admit I love watching the draft, but I don't know all the draft process and and all the thought that goes into it as well as others, but – When I kind of think of the draft, I think of your first, your second, and your third-round players typically as players you kind of expect to uh, contribute within their rookie year. Obviously, as a Packer fan, you're hoping that Jordan Love doesn't contribute in his first year uh, because that would probably mean injury to Aaron Rodgers. But when you get into the second round, um, A.J. Dillon, second-round pick kind of has that, hey, you should contribute at least – a decent portion during your rookie year. How much do you see him contributing this year, given that he is now behind Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams? What do you see for him in this 2020 season as far as his contribution in both the run and the pass game?
3: I I don't expect him to be used in the pass game a ton. To start with that, Uh, he doesn't have a, a ton of experience with that at Boston College. That certainly doesn't mean that he's not capable of doing it. Uh, But it's just something he wasn't asked to do a ton. So I think moving forward, I wouldn't necessarily expect that to be a transferable role. Uh, I do think that he'll be probably fairly predictable as far as when he comes in the game. Either Aaron Jones is moved into the slot or off of the field or whatever the case may be. I think that he'll be um, primarily a running back, for lack of a better way to phrase it. Um, If you want to call Aaron Jones a more all-around Offensive player weapon. I think AJ Dillon will be a running back uh, for the most part I think that he'll probably work his way in early I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the year if the Packers are in like playoff contention or, or You know playing games in the cold late in the year in Lambeau if he doesn't start to see some of his Workload increase just for that the sake of I think he is a bit of a unique prospect that way He's someone that the Packers don't have anyone else like on the roster and you know having that element of you know just being that big battering ram in the cold if people don't want to tackle him and uh I, I think that's a way that they could continue to ease aaron jones workload throughout the year as well is that you know use him more as a receiver you don't need to give him the ball 20 times a game and have him run into the box and getting tackled by 310 pound linemen and stuff as often uh, but i think that's something that Dylan will probably start the year slow, but I, I I wouldn't be surprised at all if by the end of the year maybe he's passed up Jamal Williams or at, at least touching the ball the second most out of the running backs.
2: All right. Well, there you have it, second-round pick, A.J. Dylan. We'll move on to the third-round pick here, Josiah D- – D- is it Deguara, Owen? Am I pronouncing it All right, great. Yeah, see, we were kind of talking. It's really the only name that the Packers drafted that's kind of uncommon. Uh, but – Uh, Here again, it's interesting, you know, Aaron Rodgers wanting weapons and it's an offensive piece. It's a tight end. It's not necessarily, um, you know, what we were thinking or at least what most fans were thinking. Uh, But what do we know about Josiah DeGuara as far as what role is he going to play in this offense?
3: Yeah, so it's kind of been uh, mentioned by Matt Lafleur already. They envision him playing in that Kyle Juszczyk, H-back, move tight end, offensive uh, Swiss Army knife utility piece. Uh, for. And, and I know that's led to a bit on Twitter of, wow, the Packers drafted a fullback in the third round, LOL. Uh, they're not drafting him to play fullback in the 1990s sense of the, you know, human battering ram, uh, Lorenzo Neal, Mike Allstott, type uh, you know, William Henderson type role. Uh, they're going to bring him in. They're going to move him all around the formation. Uh, he's going to be a lead blocker. He's going to be a leak out option on play action passes. Um, you know, it'll be, he'll line up as a wing. He can even line up, you can line up in 21 personnel and they can move him to tight end, uh, which is what he played primarily at Cincinnati. Um, and, and he can be a good route runner there. He's also shown to be a good pass protector in college. So, I mean, there's there's versatility there. There's value there. He brings a lot of different skills to the table. They're certainly not as sexy as a lot of the Packer fans wanted to be a, a wide receiver or or a more um, dynamic, more easily identifiably uh, superior player or a difference maker. But I think he's going to do uh, and allow the Packers to do a lot of different things. Uh, that are going to bring a lot of value to this offense. I know we mentioned earlier on this podcast, I think we'll start to see this team start to get molded more into the image of how Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst want it. I think this is a part of it. They want to be a, a running, a physical running team, but with the, uh, the multiplicity and the versatility uh, that having a fullback that can be a weapon and not just a, uh, a weapon with his body to linebackers type of thing. I think that you'll start – you'll see him moved around a lot, and he'll be um, – you know, like I said, he'll be a safety valve type of receiver quite a bit. But it, but his ability to line up both at tight end and at fullback uh, will give the Packers a lot of flexibility. And I think that the – I don't know. We, we talked about this before on the pod too, that like at multiple picks in this draft, the Packers had wide receivers kind of poached from right – kind of seemingly underneath their nose. I think in the second round was Denzel Mims. Uh, there were some rumors from Peter King from Sports Illustrated that Gutekunst was trying to trade up in the second round. And then the third round, Devin Duvernay from Texas went just a few picks ahead of uh, ahead of the Green Bay Packers to the Ravens. Um, so I, there's a certain extent of, like, I get why fans are frustrated, but I can, like, Josiah DeGuara isn't a sexy pick, but he's going to – bring a skill set and a lot of different value to this Packer team that I can tell you is maybe more valuable to the Packers than who they would have gotten in the third round to be wide receiver three or four for most of this year.
2: Well, and, you know, it's interesting, too, because, you know, you and I were talking before, we, before the show here that – you know and i've i've been learning this more this year but you don't necessarily draft for need in in the NFL draft um, but it's kind of interesting because tight end is actually, when you look at the Packers roster, it, it, it almost feels like a, a little bit of a position of need. You have Mercedes Lewis, who is the veteran and is, what, 39 years old? And, um, you know, who knows? he And he's more of a run blocker than he is a receiver. And then you have Robert Tanyan, who I know fans have been high on. And while he's looked okay, he's never – you know, I guess as of yet, hasn't really shown flashes of being a true number one. And then now you have Jay Sternberger, who is going to be in his second year. And I know there's a lot of expectation there, but, you know, I guess given that the tight end room I would argue is even more uncertain than the wide receiver room, this pick seems to make a little bit more sense. And given those names that I just threw out, I mean Sternberger's probably the clear favorite to of what the team would want to be the starter week one given they drafted him last year in the third round. But given the kind of up in the airness of the tight end room, Where does DeGuara land, given that there's so much uncertainty on the depth chart? Obviously, I would assume that to start the year, it's probably not that high. But I mean, it feels like there's quite a bit of room for him to work his way up pretty rapidly within this offense.
3: Yeah, as far as like specifically lining up at tight end, I think you're right. He probably won't line up there a ton initially. I think they'll probably start to ease him in, especially with you know who knows what the training camp situation will be like and and what you know the amount of time that these teams are going to have to prepare these guys for uh, the season are going to be like. I think he's going to get on the field a lot uh, because of the the fullback thing. He's the only truly the only quote unquote fullback that they have on the roster. Even though I would. Aaron calling him a tight end rather than a fullback. But I think he'll be on the field quite a bit. But you're absolutely right as far as Mercedes Lewis coming back. He's in his upper 30s, and he's, and you said he's basically a sixth offensive lineman whenever he comes on the field. And Robert Tanian is a, a college wide receiver that they've packed some weight on and tried to put a tight end. And while he's very athletic and has shown some some nice flashes, he's also shown some pretty bad drops at times considering the lack of opportunity that he's gotten thus far. So they did just sign his exclusive rights, free agent tender. So Tanyan is officially back in with the Packers. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I would assume that Mercedes Lewis will probably retire after this upcoming year, or if even if he is, who knows how long he'll continue to remain in green Bay. I certainly don't think it's, it's such a foreign concept or this, uh, you know, uh, not before seen thought of adding another guy to that room, Uh, that should be on the roster at least past this upcoming season. Um, Like I said, a lot of it, it's just, I think a lot of the frustration coming from Packer fans simply stems from the fact that he's not a wide receiver, which, I mean, to an extent I understand, um, you know, but it's, like I said, we we discussed this prior to this too, and I don't mean to continue to to go back to that, but I don't think this draft fell the way that Green Bay thought it was going to. Uh, Unfortunately, this isn't Madden and you don't get to restart the draft if you don't get the guys that you want. So, I think the Packers had multiple opportunities to pick wide receivers, and they had those spots taken from them. I think they wanted Brandon Ayuk in the first round, and San Francisco traded up for him. I think they wanted Denzel Mims in the second round, and the Jets took him a few picks before the Packers, uh, among other things. I I think they even wanted Donovan Peoples-Jones in the sixth round, and the Browns took him three or four picks before they took John Runyon. So it it was simply a a bit of a circumstance of uh, ill timing for the Packers, but I, I don't You know, the the fan base itself has been fairly negative on this class. I mean, maybe I'm being overly positive. Maybe I'm trying to be positive. I don't think it's that bad. It's certainly not super dynamic. It's not this sexy lineup. Like, I don't think any Packers fans are going to want to add Josiah DeGuara to their fantasy team. But, like, for the sake of lining up and playing football, he's going to do more for this football team throughout the course of a season than a, you know, than a guy that uh, would probably, like I said, be wide receiver three or four on this roster we talked about the, obviously Devante is there but they like they signed Devin Funchess they like Alan Lazard I, last we knew they liked EQ St. Brown Marquez Valdez Scantling is still in the the building here too um, so I mean if the Packers didn't feel as though that they couldn't necessarily upgrade over some of those guys on the roster um, I, it's pretty clear that I think that that Goody decided to not reach or press for a wide receiver and simply kind of stuck to their board and, and added Pieces elsewhere.
2: Well, and I think, you know, it, I think it's interesting. And, and let me know what you think of this, Owen. I think there's something to be said that right now I feel like the way Lafleur is building this team wants to coach this team. And I think his vision of this team is very different than what Packer fans have been used to. Everything about their draft, they drafted three offensive linemen, which I know you really liked, and I know you even pointed out the fact that all three of them don't have any offensive tackle experience, so they are literally in the trenches guard play. Um, They drafted a big, bruising running back. They drafted a flexible, tight end, fullback, H-back, whatever you want to call it, position. And they drafted a quarterback of the future. Is it fair to say that Lafleur's vision of what he wants this team to be is just – not air the ball out like we've seen with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers for the last 30 years I mean it really feels like they're kind of going back to a 1990s ish style of Packer team where you had Edgar Bennett and Dorsey Levens, and you know the passing game worked off the run game is that just fair and that some of it is just a getting used to the transition of what this team is going to look like under Matt LaFleur?
3: To an extent, I think so. I mean, if you look at and, and you don't want to like assume, but try to take educated guesses, right? So to back this up a little bit, Matt Lafleur, Sean McVeigh, Kyle Shanahan, all come from the same coaching tree, and they've all been together multiple stops with each other, right? And now Kyle's the head coach in San Francisco, and Sean is the head coach in uh, for the Rams, and Matt's the head coach of the Packers, right? the first thing they will tell you in every one of those offenses is that the game, the offense starts with running the football because everything in this offense is tied off of looking the same based off of that run scheme. And as Packers fans, I'm sure can appreciate after the bludgeoning they took in the NFC championship game. If you can't stop the run, it's the most helpless thing in all of football. I mean, you're, you're gasping for breath. It seems like you're on defense all the time seemingly trying to dodge bullets or, or you're, you know, it's like you're in you're, t- you're, you're taking bullets and you can't get out of the way. Right. I mean, like it's, that's, I think what the Packers want to be. I also think that, and I've kind of, this is, this is my theory. I have nothing to truly back this up on. I think the Packers want to be a succe- or a consistently sustainably successful organization, and it being in a smaller market, they don't always have the ability to sign these big free agents. And if Jordan Love doesn't work out, regardless of what happens with Aaron Rodgers, because I don't think he'll be here that much longer, running the ball and playing defense will win you football games. It's not what Twitter will tell you. It's not what's sexy. But the Tennessee Titans just rode Derrick Henry on a def- in, in their defense to the AFC championship game. The 49ers just rode their running game and their defense to the Super Bowl right I mean like there's something to be said about um also first of all it's just something to be said about the tight uh, the Titans doing that same philosophy that Lafleur had the year after Lafleur was gone and two there's just something to be said about running the ball is not as volatile as passing the ball and if you don't have a Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers which is why I mentioned if Jordan Love doesn't work out you can always hang your hat on we're going to be able to run the ball and we're going to play defense because the Packers have been extremely spoiled that for the last 27 years, it's been no, basically nothing but Hall of Fame quarterback play while their guys have been been healthy. And the Packers are trying to replicate that with Jordan Love or at least putting themselves in position to, but they don't know if that will happen or not. So I think they're trying to build this team to be sustainable in the event or at least – even if Jordan Love is an okay starter to not have to depend on your quarterback carrying the load every single week. And, and I think that we've seen as Aaron Rodgers has gotten older, he's just not able to do it anymore. He's still, he can still pick his spots and he can, he can get hot, but he's not going to throw for 400 yards every week anymore. And that's something that drafting a running back and drafting a fullback tight end, whoever wanting to use these heavier personnels and, drafting the offensive line and they took two first round defensive players last year. They took a center in the second round last year. They took a linebacker in the fifth round this year after not picking for nearly a hundred picks, right? Like this team is going to run the ball and play defense. They can try to find their, their, their wide receivers or weapons elsewhere. Um, but I think that's what we're starting to see is that's the identity they want this team to have is this rugged run the ball first approach that. Um, is a bit of a safeguard from not having elite quarterback play. If they have it, awesome, but they don't want to have to depend on it, and I think that's what we're starting to see in Green Bay.
2: Well, and A.J. Dillon and Josiah DeGuara both fit that template that you just laid out. Only time will tell, really. Um, You know, I I know I asked you pre-show what what grade you would give this draft. You said in the C range, but you said depending on how some of these picks work out, it could – instantly move to an a if it goes well and it could drop really you know far below if if it doesn't work out and again only time will tell and some of the draft class is not going to be gradable until jordan love takes over which i assume at some point in the next couple of years i can't imagine that they would trade up for him at this point and then not in his first contract give him a chance i don't see that happening um, unless there's something that really gives them a reason not to. But, you know, so some of it's not going to be gradable for a little while. But, you know, I I like the idea of having a running game. And I think, like we've we've said, it seems like this draft a little bit was not uh, – just not being lucky enough to have the receiver fall where you'd want him. And some of it, as we mentioned too, is – you know, clearly Green Bay likes their receiver room more than the general public does, uh, just given the fact that they didn't reach on any receivers within the draft. So whether or not you like their draft, the reality is this is what you have to deal with if you're a Packer fan. These are your new, newest Packer players, and honestly, at this point, just support the hell out of them because any negativity is not going to be helpful, so you might as well just support them. Give Aaron Rodgers that help. If he only has to throw the ball 20, 25 times a game because the running game's working so well, I don't see that as being a problem. So, again, all of it's way too early. It's all instant reaction, but hopefully you have a little bit better understanding of, you know, what what we're thinking Green Bay is trying to do with these second- and third-round picks in A.J. Dillon and Josiah Deguara. So, um Again, only time will tell, and we won't know until we see him on the field come this fall. So, uh, Well, we are out of time for the day. Owen, thank you for joining the Pack-A-Day podcast during this draft period. It's always great to have you on. If people want to follow your work, follow anything you're doing, how can they do that?
3: You can follow me on Twitter at ReeseDraft. It's R-I-E-S-E is my last name, followed by the word draft. Um, Also, helping with the Packer Report on 24-7, uh, as well as just started my own podcast, the Voice of Reason podcast. Uh, it's in my bio. Uh, it's like at VO Reason Pod or something. Somehow, some way, Voice of Reason was like had already. Um, but yeah, so we're just starting in that. Just did some draft stuff. Uh, we'll get started here in, in a little bit as far as kind of looking at the roster moving forward into training camp, but uh, just kind of messing around on there as well. So trying to entertain myself and uh, get our voice out during this pandemic, which hopefully is, is over sooner rather than later here.
2: Absolutely. Well, make sure you check him out on Twitter. Make sure to give him a follow, especially to, uh, I don't think it's happened for a while, but if you haven't seen it, uh, when Owen and Jacob Westendorf, who would normally be doing this podcast right now, when they talk about their food, their love of food, man, that's just some great Twitter content right there. So yeah. people on Twitter just got some really bad food taste. We Weed them out. Yeah. So, so there you go. So, and and I'm sure if you ask Jacob and Owen their thoughts on just just throw out a food and be like, hey, Jacob, Owen, what do you guys think of this? I'm sure they'll give you. Some great Twitter content right there. Maybe a good way to entertain yourself during the quarantine. So with that, thank you once again, Owen, for joining me tonight. My name is Nick Schmitz. I've been your host for today. I will be back next week with our regular, I guess, non-draft podcast with Jacob and Maggie. We'll be doing that every Thursday, I believe it is. Like, I gotta look at the schedule. It's been so long since I've done this. So, thank you so much for listening, everyone. And as always, go pack, go.